This is the Marcast Podcast. Um, here's a clip from an interview I did with Anna Kaiser, an American freelance journalist who's been living in Brazil for about three years. And she's sharing some uh, few insights to the mood in Brazil and the after effects of the impeachment of President Dilma Rousseff last week. And uh, then we'll have more on the interview later. Most people do want to change, but I think that some that a, a lot of people think that this um, sort of almost feels a little bit hysterical way of trying to overthrow her government in the middle of her term is you know not the correct way um, that it's undemocratic. And you know the Brazilian media is you know, you've got a pretty right wing mainstream media. Um, but I think a lot of people who look at more of the international outlets are, maybe looking at it with a little bit more of a critical eye. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the 21st episode of the MarkCast. I am Mark Jorgensen. I'm the host and the creator of this podcast. So uh, for this episode, I spoke with uh, Anna Kaiser. Uh, She's an American uh, freelance journalist based in Brazil. She's been down there for about three years, uh, back and forth between the states a little bit. And uh, we spoke about um, all the changes going on in Brazil. There's a lot of stuff happening in Brazil. Um, it's been, you know, a lot of headline kind of news for the past couple weeks. Um, the president of Brazil, Dilma Rousseff, was impeached last week uh, over some manipulation of some government spending accounts. And uh, the vice president, Michel Temer, was put in her place um, while a six-month trial will proceed um, to evaluate whether you know, she will, in fact, be impeached you know, officially and removed uh, officially from the presidency or be reinstated. Right now, it seems more likely that she does not return to the presidency, but who knows. Um, so I wanted to know a little bit more about the mood, about what's going on in Brazil, what people are thinking about this, you know, people on the street. Um, so I reached out Anna Kaiser, um, who's been down there um, for a while, and uh, we had a, a, a good discussion over it. Um, so Anna has written for the New York Times um, and The Guardian and USA Today and a bunch of other media outlets. Um, she speaks Portuguese very well, and um, you heard a clip from her, and now you can hear the rest of the interview. So enjoy. Um, the Markcast, you can find it on SoundCloud, on Stitcher, and of course it's on iTunes. Um, if you can share it with friends, if you can like it, if you can leave a review, any of those things do help to uh, improve it in the rankings. So um, I appreciate that, and uh, here is the interview. So, um, hey Anna, how's it going? <laughs> Great. How are you? Great. Doing great. So um, what's the situation in Brazil? What's going on? Um, the president just got impeached and she's going through some kind of a impeachment process trial. Um, you know, what's the latest? Yeah. So um, on Wednesday night or actually Thursday morning, the Senate has approved uh, Jim Rousseff to go through with an impeachment trial. Um, so she is stepped down as president. The vice president is has been sworn in and um, Jilma is going to be out of power while they go through the impeachment trial. And, and in general, people are, are mostly in favor of this, you'd say. I mean, I mean, I guess it's mixed and stuff like that. But, you know, with the, what you, from what you're seeing, is it, is it people are mostly in favor of this? Just kind of people on the street and like Brazilians? I would say most people agree on the fact that um, they are not satisfied with Dilma's government and that she's made mistakes and, and the economy has slowed down, um, which is, you know, affecting Brazilians on, you know, 
all Brazilians, um, inflation is up, unemployment is up, and that is something that people are really upset about. So I think that everyone does want to change, but I think that um, a lot of people do not agree with the way that she is being ousted. Um, many people are arguing that it's a coup and that this is a attempt by the right wing to take advantage of the situation that um, the economy is bad and her, her public opinion is very low um, and trying to oust her from office when you know she's a democratically elected president. Yeah, I mean, I wrote a piece like a little while ago, just kind of a short little analysis. Um, My take on it was just that, I mean, it feels a lot more like Dilma was losing the popularity game a lot in the past year. Um, Uh, Yeah, I think she definitely was. And I think um, a a big difference between Dilma and Lula, uh, you know, for better or for worse, uh, Dilma is much more of a technocrat. She was never an elected politician before. She was sort of tapped on the shoulder to become um, the next president after Lula. And, you know, even though they're from the same party, their styles as politicians is very different. Lula is a very savvy politician. Um, He was able to keep up really good relationships with Brazil's extremely fragmented Congress. Um, You know, so for better or for worse, they have a very different style of, of governing and Lula, excuse me, Dilma definitely has kind of lost the public. She doesn't really have, people say she doesn't really have that, that way uh, of connecting to the public like Lula did. And you think, and what are her chances to come back? I mean, she goes through this, I mean, it's a six month process potentially. Um, Do you think there's much of a chance she comes back? I mean, a lot of the initial reporting is kind of, you know, assuming that, and especially in the business press and the financial press, they're kind of assuming she's kind of gone and not going to come back. But what, what do you, I mean, what's, what do you think the chances are that she comes back in? Right. I think, um, I think that it is kind of unlikely that she's going to come back. Um, You know, most of the political elite in Brasilia is against her. Um, So I think it's pretty unlikely that she's going to come back, although, you know, it's a six-month trial. You never know what's going to happen. And she has said that she will fight until the very end. So it's hard to say for sure. She's definitely a fighter. I think, uh, so I think, I think that'll definitely play out. Um, Yeah, I I mean, the other thing that I um, would also want to... uh, kind of add in there as well is that, I mean, like she has not really said that what she did, that she's innocent of what they're claiming she did, which is essentially kind of cooking the books, you know, um, with some of the numbers and mismanagement of the funds, um, which really, I mean, in terms of governments, I mean, that's a pretty common uh, thing for political parties to do, for political appointees, you know, to mess around with the accounting a bit. And, And it seems like it's a fairly minor crime. Um, you know, in the grand scheme of things. And, and so I, I don't know if really there's been many presidents that have ever been kicked out of office for such um, an offense. So, um, but I don't think she's really claimed that she's innocent of that. And so, I mean, if it comes down to like between whether she can prove that she's you know innocent of such a thing, I mean, I don't know. She probably doesn't win that argument, I, I assume. So, right. That, well, yeah. she does. I mean, she maintains her innocence. She says that she is an innocent woman. I don't know if she says that directly in relation to, uh, you know, this manipulated budget uh, charge that right. is actually what has uh, pushed her through with impeachment. But what she's arguing is that she is she is innocent and that all these people who are trying to oust her are completely guilty. And those people are tied in with, you know, Operation Lava Jato, the, the Petrobras corruption scandal. Um, yeah. So, 
you know, she, she says that she's innocent. Um, but like you said, this is, uh, you know, there's sort of a, a precedent to do these kinds of budget manipulations. Uh, the previous two presidents before her, Lula and, um, Cardozo and Cardozo. Yeah. yeah. Had, um, had done the same thing and she did it on a higher scale. Um, I think the number is uh, 35 times higher than, um, oh, okay. <laughs> that, you know, what her uh, predecessors had done. But, um, like you said, this is a pretty common thing in governments, not just in Brazil, but worldwide. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 I don't, yeah, yeah. I mean, so at the end of the day, I mean, it does seem weird that they're, they're bringing out, you know, she's kicked out of office for such an offense. Um, the fact that she's been able to maintain her innocence, um, in light of the whole Petrobras scandal. I mean, I mean, I think that is, uh, very interesting, and you know, she may well just be, you know, fairly innocent of all those higher crimes. And you know, like you said, a lot of the opposition, um, they've been found. Uh, there's a lot of evidence that some of the main opponents of her are, are guilty of much uh, heavier crimes. They have a much stronger evidence against them. Um, Eduardo Cunha, you know, he's found with a five million dollar uh-huh. bank account in Swiss, uh, Switzerland. So, um, yeah, it, it just kind of the whole irony of the situation. It just it feels a lot like you know, like the arguments that people say it's a coup. I, I mean, I, I think it definitely is kind of. It doesn't seem like they have quite the grounds to impeach her, um, as, as right. one would expect. I think it's maybe not a black and white situation, that it's yeah. not, I wouldn't say it's a completely fair situation, and I wouldn't say it's a coup. I think it's it's probably somewhere in the middle. So what's next for the uh, Workers' Party? So Dilma is from the Workers' Party, for everyone listening, though. That's um, kind of essentially like the Labor Party, um, you know, a lot of working-class voters. You know, it's the strongest national party in Brazil. Um, and, and they've been in power um, essentially since, I think, 2002 when um, okay. Lula, um, he won presidency. Um, and, and ever since then, you know, a lot of Brazil's more recent growth in the international stage has been under, you know, the Workers' Party with with the Workers' Party um, president. Um, what's next? I mean, this is a pretty significant blow. I mean, they've, you know, taken a number of hits in, in recent years. Um, you know, do you see them kind of coming back with a strong candidate to run uh, in the candidate, you know, two, was it two years from now in the next election or, um, or what? Yeah, I yeah. think... Uh I think that's a good question. Um, there's a lot of rumors that uh, Lula is going to try to run again, and I think that he would maybe be their best bet. He's the most popular president in Brazilian history, um, and that he's going to kind of try to, you know, distance himself a little bit from Dilma now that she kind of has this toxic name in Brazil. Um, so there's rumors that he may try to run again, um, although the legality of that, I think, is a little bit questionable because he's already been a president for two terms. Um, so, you know, their image has been tainted, but I think most Brazilians do agree that they did a lot for Brazil, um, especially in terms of poverty alleviation. And, um, you know, I don't think people are going to forget that. I don't think it's impossible for them to make a comeback, but uh, their name has definitely been dirtied quite a bit. Um, and, and what of uh, Dilma's cabinet? I mean, they kind of just disperse, uh, and then it kind of leads into Michelle Temer. I mean, I read that you know basically this whole cabinet—it's it's the first like all-male cabinet uh, in yeah. a while. Yeah, is that right? Yeah, it's the first all-male cabinet uh, since the military dictatorship in the seventies. So yeah. you know, a lot of people are upset about that. It's all white males, um, and a lot of them are not. Uh, necessarily qualified to maybe be these kinds of ministers. Uh, the best example being the the new Brazilian health minister does not have any background in medicine, and Brazil is in the middle of 
dealing with Zika virus. And uh, not to mention also an H1N1 outbreak, which has sort of gone under the radar amid all this other news. But, uh, you know, being the health minister is an extremely important position. And he appointed someone that doesn't have a medical background. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess this kind of leads to my other question. I mean, like Michelle Temer, I mean, there's a lot of excitement, I think, on like the investor kind of standpoint of this. But I, I mean, what are the chances he kind of just really disappoints? I mean, I mean, it's, there's, there's a n- numerous corruption allegations against Michelle Temer. He's, he's from like a weak party that has never actually held the presidency in terms of never being elected. Um, the PMDB right. party, which is essentially kind of a center right kind of party that's. Um, it, it's fairly strong everywhere in Brazil, but it's not really strong enough anywhere to really um, you know, claim a lot of leadership or to get the presidency. Um, I mean, do we see him as being a good president? I mean, I, to, to me, just from the outset, this is my own view. It seems like he's kind of will probably be like a pretty big disappointment in terms of the excitement that's put on him. Um, but I, I don't know for sure. What Do you have any other insight on that? Yeah, I mean, I think that there's a lot of unknowns about what a Michel Temer government is going to look like. He's not a very well-known politician to Brazilians. Uh, A recent poll said that only 2% of Brazilians would vote for him if there were a presidential election right now. Um, So people don't really know that much about his political ideologies. And like you said, his party, the PMDB, is a sort of infamous deal-making party. Um, They don't really have much of a political ideology. They're not really right or left. And I think they officially identify themselves as center, but um, there's this huge force in Brazilian politics just in terms of power because they have a huge, they have the biggest number of seats in Congress. Um, so they hold a lot of power in terms of negotiating um, to get legislation passed. And, um, you know, they're just sort of this infamous shifting party based on the political situation at the time. Um, they're never with the opposition. They're always on the side of, uh, whoever, whichever party is in power. Um, and you know, they had an alliance with the PT, uh, for years and that's why Michelle Temer is the vice president. And, um, you know, a few, I think a month or two ago was when they, you know, officially broke that alliance, you know, kind of as the going got rough and, and Dilma is, is about to get impeached. So they, his party does not have a great reputation in terms of uh, having a, a defined ideology. So I, I kind of think that the, um, in terms of, you know, what foreign investors are thinking in the markets, I don't, I, my personal opinion is that that is kind of way too soon to say if he's going to be, yeah. uh, a good president for the economy because I think I think people don't really know you know what he's going to be up to. Yeah, and as far as like regular people in Brazil, I, I mean, Michelle Temer doesn't have much um, in terms of charisma. I mean, Dilma Rousseff didn't have much charisma as well, but Michelle Temer d- doesn't really have much charisma either, right? I mean, it seems like he's going to have difficulties in much the same way Dilma would have, right? No, yeah, definitely. I mean, he's compared to like the Crypt Keeper and, yeah. you know, <laughs> he's, he definitely does not have a lot of charisma. He's never been... Uh, you know, an, an elected politician. Um, there, there are some strange pictures of him. If you Google picture Michel Temer, you can find some very awkward, weird pictures of him smiling <laughs> yes, and can. grinning. So, yeah. I think one of the, um, I think it was the Huffington Post or maybe BuzzFeed actually caught the party was uh, photoshopping more of a smile on his face. So he looked a little bit more <laughs> likable because they found the original photo and saw that the party had, you know, Photoshopped a little smile on his face because he 
I don't think he really has a great connection with the people. Oh, wait, so that was the, it was the party that did, the PMDB party, whatever, did that. And then BuzzFeed yes. or Huffington Post, they, they kind of exposed that they'd, you know, messed with that picture, right? Yeah, oh, yeah exactly. It's sort of this funny, uh, you know, he just really, he's almost like a caricature of that, like, old, white, uh, stuffy male politician. Well, and he, he married, like, I think his wife, I mean, he's like, what, about 60, 70 years old or something like that, and his wife is like, like 30 like or something? 32, 32, yes, and a former beauty queen, yeah. and uh, has his name tattooed on her neck. Yeah. Oh, his, oh, she has his name tattooed on her neck. Wow. Yes. Interesting. Wow. Yes. <laughs> I just feel like the guy, like the tabloids and stuff like that, are going to have a heyday with him. Like, there's this moment of kind of like excitement and all this, but then once the attention like turns to like more scrutiny on Michelle Temer and his life and who he is, I think it's going to turn more into like a tabloid kind of sensational kind of president. Um, no, I think yeah. it could. I think with the mainstream media it might be more difficult because the mainstream media is so obviously uh, kind of not even trying to hide it very much in favor of ousting Jill Rousseff. Right, so right. there hasn't really been that much bad press about uh, in the mainstream media, there hasn't been that much bad press about Michelle Temer and, and his wife, but uh, Veja, uh, you know, one of the biggest magazines in Brazil did this big profile on her of like, you know, this is our, uh, I think they said that she's like going to be Brazil's Grace Kelly. And, uh, yeah. And so they did this big profile on her, you know, sort of not highlighting the fact that she's what, like you know, 50 years younger than her husband. But, um, so they do this big profile on her and the headline is like, uh, she's, She's beautiful and refined and of the home. And so there was this kind of big feminist backlash of like, oh, right, because that's what women are supposed to be. They're supposed to, you know, stay at home and and be beautiful and refined. And um, there was this pretty hilarious feminist backlash on social media of of women, uh, you know, being crazy and being themselves and, you know, not being your typical housewife. so, if anything, the mainstream media has hasn't been that harsh on Michelle Temer. It's given him a pass. It's given him a pass for right now. Yeah, yeah, they've given him a pass thus far, but it will be interesting yeah. to see what happens in the months to come. Okay, well, thanks for listening, everyone. Um, that's all for right now. I will post um, the rest of this interview where we talk about what it's like to live in Rio, we talk about the Olympics, and we talk about some other things related to Brazil. Um, I'll get that posted this week or next week. Um, and uh, until then, enjoy um, some of the other podcasts that are on the MarkCast uh, SoundCloud page. Mm-hmm.